Welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast, where our job is to help you build visibility, professional credibility, and connection with your ideal client by putting the human at the center of innovative marketing so you can build and strengthen an engaging, enduring relationship with your ideal clients. I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm honored that you're here with me. If you haven't joined our wonderful marketing transformation community yet, go to innovabiz.co and collect your free gift as well. Do subscribe to the show and also leave a review because it helps others find us. Let's get into today's masterclass on this InnovaBuzz podcast. Leadership and marketing to me is knowing your values, knowing your genuine and authentic self, and how to message that in a way that people can understand it and that it will resonate with them. They want to be a part of what you do when you are able to do that. They want to join in with you. And that's what marketing does. It allows people to see who you are and what you do and join in. Welcome back. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. If you haven't listened yet to my recent conversations with Dr. Deborah Gilboa of Ask Dr. G and with video marketing strategist Nia Lee, then do go listen in, but only after you've listened to today's conversation, of course. I'm really excited today to have on the Innova Buzz podcast as my guest, Roxanne Kaufman Elliott. She's the founder and president of Pro Laureate. She helps individuals, teams, organizations, and companies to inspire, ignite, and impact effective, authentic, genuine leadership. This builds cultures of leadership that drive excellence, meet and exceed goals, and drive innovation, creativity, and success. Roxanne is a highly respected and sought-after keynote speaker and a published author, as well as an award-winning business marketing strategist. She has over 30 years of national and international corporate experience to her clients that range from privately held businesses to corporations in a wide range of industries. In our discussion today, Roxanne talked to me about discovering the best parts of yourself, expressing yourself clearly and connecting genuinely. She explained the core traits of leadership and she explained why it's important to pay attention to the three critical aspects of being human, the mind, the heart and emotion, and the body. Without further ado then, let's fly into the hive and get the buzz from Roxanne Kaufman Elliott. Hi, I'm your host, Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz, and I'm really excited today to welcome to the InnovaBuzz podcast from Cleveland, Ohio in the USA, Roxanne Kaufman Elliott, who's the founder and president of Pro Laureate, where she helps businesses and people develop authentic, genuine leadership capabilities so that they can inspire, ignite, and have a real impact in the world. Sounds really fabulous mission. Welcome to the Innova Buzz podcast, Roxanne. It's a great privilege to have you as my guest. Thank you so much, Jürgen. It's a great privilege to be here. I appreciate you asking me. Thank you. Peter Margaritas, who was our guest on episode 309 of the Innova Buzz podcast, suggested that we have a conversation with you and introduced us. So big hello to Peter. Big hello. Yeah. Now, uh, Roxanne, you have mm. a, a quite a long corporate career and you started off in the theatre and performing arts and that's probably where you crossed paths with uh, or had something in common with Peter, but then you worked in corporate for quite some time before you founded your own business. So I'm really excited to explore that journey and some of the lessons with you. But before all of that, uh, tell us a little bit about what drives you and how that shapes what you do today. Oh, thank you, Jürgen. I will say that, um, oh my gosh, there's been so much that has happened. In each one of those segments of my career, like like you mentioned, it's really been three segments. And what I've learned in each one of those, first in, in nonprofits and in the performing arts, is how to um, really discover the best parts of yourself and how to express yourself clearly 
uh, and how also to connect with other human beings in a way that uh, that isn't always obvious to us. When I worked in um, in the corporation, this was one of my first really, really big lessons and the difference between organizations that are run and and that are led with genuine un- and authentic leadership and those that are not. And, and honestly, it's the difference between success and failure. And I've seen all of that in small businesses and in large businesses. And that was a good portion of my career. I was 14 years in a corporation and it was a construction business. So it was in a very male dominated industry. So I learned a lot from all of that. And then what drives me in this business is all the learning and the lessons that I brought from that. What's good about leadership and people and what that brings to teams, to, to the organization, to communities and to the world. And when that isn't there or is there but not understood or cultivated, what can happen to people and teams and organizations? And I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to help bring the light of leadership into people's lives and their hearts and their minds so that they can begin to develop, to develop themselves and others into the very best that they were meant to be, to discover potential and grow great, great businesses and fabulous lives. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. Um, well, let's explore the obvious question first, and that's what is leadership? I mean, you say somewhere in some of the uh, material that I read that we know leadership when we see it, we know it when we hear it, we know it when we feel it, <laughs> but, but how do we get it ourselves? How do we develop it? And, and that reminded me of, of someone in my corporate career who you know was an outstanding leader he stood out from all the other people in that i'd encountered and it it was exactly that i knew you know this this person is a fabulous leader i was connected to him i could kind of i would you know if if he said this is where we're going i would gladly follow i would be convinced Um, there was a connection there but if you said to me, well, what is it that makes him a good leader? I would be probably struggling. So, you know, so tell us a little <laughs> bit about what, what's leadership and, and how, how can we develop it in ourselves? You have just struck right at the heart of the, whole, of the whole conundrum of leadership, because as many people as you will ask, what is it? You will get as many different answers mm. because it's different to everyone. For you and the gentleman that you're talking about, this was a fellow who probably was a very good listener, put other people before himself, really understood and wanted to get to know you on a deeper level as a human being, just genuinely cared. Um, This is in, in my world of leadership, and you do know it when you see it, you do know it, you feel it, you, you, it's a very tangible thing. It's someone who uh, is egoless, and yet has has enough strength of character and confidence that they carry themselves very well. But they are always connected. They are always very, very present. They um, walk their talk. They do what they say they will do. They want to hear about your vision. What is your inspiration of the, for the future? And I'll share with you mine, they will say. So it's a sharing thing. Hmm. They, um, they take chances. They take risks. They challenge processes to see if they're still working well or if they can work better. They help other people to learn the things that they need to know in order to succeed and thrive in their lane to discover their own talents. And they are heartful. They encourage people. They recognize that, you know, sometimes the journey is a little rough and we have to, uh, at least virtually nowadays, give each other a pat on the back and say, it's okay, you got this, you keep going. So it's someone who gets all of that, who is very aware of all of that in others and in themselves, and they connect it and bring it together. And they genuinely, authentically care about the people and the things that are going on around them. And they want to make a positive difference. Hmm. Yeah, I think that that's the core of it, isn't it? The genuine caring. And you said Mm -hmm. something at the beginning of that too, which is ego-less. So I think... uh, I mean, we all have an ego, and it's important in in many ways for our of course kind of our own well being and our own self confidence in some ways. But it gets in the way a lot, right? So how do we how do we protect that ego on the one hand, and know when to set it aside on the other hand, so that where you know it's it's the focus on caring for others in a way right. that brings out the best in them, which 
is is if I'm leading my team, then bringing out the best in my team will help my help me. Right, absolutely. the The ego is is a very very important part of all of us. I mean, all behavioral psychologists will tell you this. It's it's part of our makeup and who we are. But it's the way that we view that and the way that we use it. The best leaders that I've ever known and experienced are those that certainly have very strong egos, but they but they don't they don't walk through the world boastfully about themselves. That's the ego when it's blown up and it's selfish ego. Mm. Selfless ego doesn't mean that you don't have one. You still have it. It gives you your core strength. And as you said, Jürgen, it gives you, this is the confidence that we carry with ourselves. But, it, but ego is, is not a good or a bad word. It's, it, it's part of the makeup of who we are, mind and soul and body. And it's how we use it, how we present it. So when we do it selflessly, it's our self-confidence. It's our ability to let go of serving self and serve others instead. It's like, I want to help you reach your dreams. Jürgen. How do we do that? What do you think about? What are your inspirations? Let's go there. What will help you to get there? Well, I have a lot of confidence in having that conversation with you, but it's certainly nothing about me. I want to know about you. That's where the ego serves leadership. Yeah, yeah. And, and to me, I mean, you said that setting aside the talking about yourself and boasting about yourself the those people that do a lot of that to me it's a lack of confidence actually and, and it is. So they they use their ego to shield them by um, by projecting that it's all about me kind of vibe yeah it's so true you know it's it's kind of sad <clears throat> when you see folks who um will make less of others to make themselves feel bigger. That's usually a sign of an ego in the way of something that's happening. Hmm. Yes, and unfortunately we're seeing quite a bit of that in the political sphere, but we won't go Oh, there. my goodness. <laughs> well, we could, but let's not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> right. All right. right. So, well, let, let's change gears a little bit and talk because sure. um, I'm a marketing person, a marketing business, and... Um, market. Let's talk about leadership in marketing. So, what's what's the relationship between leadership and marketing? Aside from, oh. you know, we have a team and we've got to be a good leader for that team to get the best out of each team member and get the best out of the team working together. Uh, but in terms of the marketing, how do you see leadership? Its role in that. Well, I hope this makes sense to you, to you, and all the listeners. Um, the the driver of leadership in marketing is all about, first of all, core values. Core values and vision. It's knowing uh, who you are as an individual, as a team, as an organization. What are the, what's the framework? What are your guidelines? What do you work within? You know, I, I do exercises in some of my programs with, with my folks and have them look at a very, very long list of words and phrases that could represent important values to them. And then I ask them to narrow it down to just five. And then of those five, five, we break it down even further and prioritize those. So that when you get to your one core value, you understand what the driver is. What is your inspiration? What is, what is that energy? Where does that come from? That then becomes the leadership piece that drives marketing. Because marketing is all about your brand, all about your message. It's not what you do so much as Simon Sinek would say is why you do it. This is the heart of really powerful marketing. When you can get that across to people, that message to other humans, that this is why we do what we do, and this is how we do it, and this is the product or the service that results that will help you in this way. When you're speaking from the heart, from the, the core values and those things that guide you, then the message becomes very powerful and that creates effective marketing. So simple answer, leadership in marketing to me is knowing your values, knowing your genuine and authentic self and how to message that in a way that people can understand it and that mm -hmm. it will resonate with them. They want to be a part of what you do when you are able to do that. They want to join in with you. And that's what marketing does. It allows people to see who you are and what you do and join in. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's um, that's a very articulate explanation of, of some of the work that we do initially, and I could never really articulate it that well in terms of that's the Aww. reason why we, why we start off with, we call it our lighthouse exercise, where we look at, you know, understanding self, understanding why we do what we do, and then um, the methods of doing that. And, uh, you know, the consistency of message congruent with those core values is the light that's always shining. Um, so, Absolutely yeah. right. That's, that's why you're so successful. And, and if I may, I'll just go back to um, the reason that I do what I do is based on that, because I found myself in situations where my core values were being tested, where I was being asked to do things that I knew were not in line with who I am as an original, as an authentic person. And that led me to, wait a minute, what is, who, what is my personal brand? How do, I, how do I reach people with this? I am passionate about helping people to find out who they really are and then go be that, go do that, right? And not listening to all of the other noise that's going on mm. that distracts us from our true purpose and our true why. Mm. Yeah, that's, um, it's, it's interesting. I'm reminded of the time when I left my corporate career and mm -hmm. probably I had 27 years of which I enjoyed 25 immensely, had, had a wonderful <laughs> time. Learned a lot. Get that. <laughs> and the last two years, I didn't enjoy. In fact, I, you know, I got to the point where I dreaded getting up in the morning to go to work. And I thought, you know, something's, something's wrong with this picture. And, and I did actually realize, although probably not in those terms at the time, I did actually realize I was now at odds with my core values because of things that had changed and things that had happened. And uh, my core values were now... Um, or my core values were still the same, but the the my situation was no longer aligned in my core with my core values. I was no longer living in alignment with them. So I made it took two years to kind of realise I've got to make a change here, and I did make that change. Um, looking back on that, though, um, how can we as individuals, you know, get to that realisation perhaps a little bit quicker? First of all. You know, that self-awareness, these are my core values. These are the things that are important to me and articulate them in a way that, um, you know, they're, they're always front of our own mind. And also when we do our marketing, they're uh, clear to everybody mm -hmm. else so that we're attracting the people that are in alignment with those core values. And those that aren't, uh, don't waste their time with us because we're not a good That's fit. right. That's right. I encourage every single person to, as early as possible in your life and career, Start doing self-awareness. You can go, there are many, many different kinds of assessments you can take or readings that you can get to understand the way our minds work, the way that um, we are impacted by our upbringing and our conditioning. Any kind of personal development, leadership development, even the most basic, will, will help everyone to start to get their hands around that. Do self-reflection. It's so important to think about what's important to me. What do I dream of? What do I vision? And what do I want my life to look like? How do I want to impact the world? These are really big, broad questions, and that's okay. Ask them. You don't have to be detailed in the answer, but we do need to think about those things. And you think about no matter where you are in life, where you have been, where you are now, and where you want to go. Because all of that back here is, has led you to where you are today. Pause for a moment and think about what was great and wonderful and good and exciting and enthusiastic, made me enthusiastic about all of that. What were some of my greatest accomplishments? Then, what were the greatest lessons that I learned? What were my biggest failures? Because oftentimes, those are the biggest lessons to learn. And as you just said, Jürgen, what it is, is usually it's something that was attempting to compromise a value or pull us away from who we know inherently we are. There was something that was there and we made a bad mistake or we made a, uh, we made a, a decision that could have been better. And we learn from that. Painful as it may be, we all go through it. But I think the earlier we can do that in our lives and careers, and we don't have to, to make it an, an epic journey, but to do that, to be aware that it's important to do that. So we're, we're very clearly aligned to core values. Write them down. Just write a small journal. Core values, vision, what's important, what isn't, what you love about yourself, what you don't, what you want to, those things, 
take a snapshot. If you don't know how to do it yourself, get a coach or get someone that can mm. walk you through it and help you with it. It's it's a game changer. Mm. When you stop and think about those things. Then the next time you're confronted with a conflict or a difficult decision, you can just step back from it a little bit and say, all right, where are my core values? Oh, yes, here they are. Here's those five things that I believe in that I'm unflappable about. Does this decision take me closer to or further away from those five values? Here's my vision for what I want my life to be. Which decision do I make that takes me closer to rather than further away from that vision? Mm, yeah, I love it. And I've done quite a few values exercises with people and it's always fascinating where you end up with in response or in in response to going through the exercise as opposed to where you start with when people say oh, i've got these values and you say okay so well, true uh, yeah and i usually do the which one of those is most important so is that more important than that and then i just go through and, and double and triple check and rearrange things with post-it notes and um I, yeah often often you end up with a totally different thing and and also there's values that pop up that the person didn't think of initially and you say you know what hearing you talk how does this sound as a value and quite often you know if you if you're listening carefully and you're hearing the mm -hmm. the language quite often they'll answer that with oh yeah that's that's important to me yeah. one of, one of the things i do and please feel free to borrow this use this as much as you like i get them to narrow it down to five core values and then i'll say mm. okay look at those five no in no particular order look at those five Take away two. Let's just, let's just say we're going to take away two, leaving three that you would physically fight someone for. So they do that and they groan and carry on, right? And then I say, oh, you think we're done? We're not done. <laughs> <laughs> take away two more, leaving yeah. the one you would die for. Hmm. Now that gets you thinking. Yeah. You would die. What's the one you would die for? And this one comes up and then you ask, how many of your decisions? are based on that one core value and how many have been drifted from that core value and what was the result of those decisions. Hmm. That's pretty powerful. It's simple. It is, it is. Yeah, it is pretty powerful. I was just thinking that that probably brings tears. <laughs> it does. It absolutely does. You see all kinds of different reactions to that. Hmm. I actually had a quick anecdote, if I may. I actually had one of my clients Throughout this list, she came up with her one core value was vacations, of all things. <laughs> I was kind of, I've never heard anybody say vacations. Well, it turned out she was in a career that she was absolutely unsuited for. She had no love for it. It was a grind. It was horrible. And a few years later, she stayed true to her core value, true to her core value. She now owns one of the most successful elite travel businesses uh, in the country. And, and she did it all because her core value, it wasn't vacation itself. It was the time together. It was the time together with people that you love. It was sharing in very special memories and moments. It's cool. Mm. Yeah, it is. So how, how do you, I mean, that's a really great example, um, but the, as you say, the core value wasn't vacations. The core value was kind of the deeper Experience. level. So how do you get to that? Because for me, I, I, I suppose I would probably ask the question, well, well, what what does vacations give you? What's the gift in mm -hmm. that you? I'd probably be asking that kind of question to get at the sure. what the real value is. Uh, but yeah, how do you go about that? Again, asking questions, just like you said. So, so to give me an example of that value in motion. Hmm. Let's make that value a verb. What does that look like? What is that action? What's happening? Who is there? Why is this important to you? How does that make you feel? What do you want to do when you're living inside that core value when it's everything to you? And what will happen is, regardless of the word, it's what the word means to you, not how it's perceived by others. To us, vacation is frivolous. But to this individual, it was everything because it was time with her kids, time with her husband, time um, in unique and, and exotic places where you could have experiences instead of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. This was all part of it. And it spoke to 
who she is as a person, that all this ancillary noise in the world is not what she's about. It's about this, this core connection to the most important people to her. So when we find that one value and whatever word it is that, that brings that value to life for us, every other value that you have and everything else that you care about in the world is part of that. It falls right within that. So for instance, when I do a lot of, of my programming, I will say, okay, well, I'm going to share my core value, but you may be offended by it because it's a four letter word and you may not understand it. So I apologize if I offend anybody. And then I go to the whiteboard of the flip chart or in our virtual world, you know, the virtual whiteboard. And I write the letters L O V E. Yeah. To me, that's not, it can be warm, fuzzy, gushy stuff, but that's not the way I mean it. It's in this case as a value. It, it, that is the all-encompassing value to me, is what I am doing creating that. Is it connecting that? Because to me, leadership is, is certainly left brain. It's certainly methodical. It's certainly strategic. It's a learned skill. It's an aspiration and a choice. Um, but on the other hand, it's also something that emanates from our most genuine and authentic self. And all of that, to me, falls under that four-letter word. So it's love of self, love of humanity, love of the world, love of innovation, love of uh, uh, risk taking, whatever it may be. It's the passion for what we do. So you you take that apart when you're speaking with someone and say, well, tell me more about that. What does that look like in action? How does that apply to your family? How does that apply to your career? How does that apply when you're all alone for a day? How does that value? Fit in, and then you begin to understand truly, and so does the other person, what this really means to them. So you think that'll make a difference the next time they're looking for their next career move, or someone they want to form a relationship with at whatever level, um, family relationships, starts to take on a different meaning. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I love it. All right. Well, that you, you shared with us a, a couple of stories there. And uh, one of the things that I know you're really strong on is the use of story in, in yes. training, in getting your message across. And we talked about marketing before, so I'm, I'm a big one for using stories in marketing. So tell me more about the power of stories in, in these various scenarios. Oh my gosh, there's so many of them, <laughs> stories I could share. So, but let me go at a higher level. Um, we all have personal stories from our lives, from our personal lives and our professional lives. The story is, is, is deeply embedded in us for a reason. We remember certain stories because they taught us something or they, they, they made us feel something or they connected us to something that's powerful for us. In the retelling of that story, it's coming from from emotion and intellect and a remembrance of, of, a, of, a, of an experience. When you tell a story, you are giving messages of, of lessons learned in an emotional way that connects with other people. Um, I have a great story of, a, and I'll, I won't tell the whole thing, it's very long, but in, in, a, in a short synopsis, he was a gentleman that I met back in my days in the theater. He was a volunteer, and I'd never known anybody like him. His name was Joe, and he didn't have a real job, never had, didn't have a high school education, um, didn't have a credit card, didn't have a social security number, was a handyman, was all of these things. But he was well. He lived in the same town he had lived in all of his life, and he was the greatest leader any of us had ever known. How can that be here? Hmm. That a man without any authority, title, position, money, anything, could be a great leader because he knew his core values. He knew who he was. I tell this story and I really elaborate on it in a lot of my sessions to drive home what leadership is and what leadership is not. Leadership is not a title. It's not authority and it's not power. It comes from the inside. And so the stories connect that to people. I could, the other story was not unlike yours from my corporate career. I was there for 14 years. This was just, you know, a Camelot. I was going to retire as CEO of that company. That was my dream. That was my inspiration. 
And then all of that changed. And I wasn't, I didn't have anything to do with that change. That change took place. And that's when, like we talked about before, this was the biggest lesson of my life in terms of the work that I do and what I devote myself to. I went from an organization of tremendous, powerful, authentic, genuine leadership that resonated throughout with all of our clients and customers around the globe to an organization that didn't. And the difference was success to failure. And when I got that lesson, that's a story that I mm. tell a lot. And it was life-changing to me. And that's when I devoted myself to, I'm going to do everything I can to help everybody else that I can ever meet in any way, not do that. <laughs> Just don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Stay on the path. Mm. Yes, well, that, that certainly sounds very familiar, that journey. I'm sure it does. Yeah. It took me two years as well. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, that's, Get out. maybe that's the time. <laughs> that's sort of, I guess. I always no. thought I was, I'm a slow learner. So <laughs> You're not, or I am too, and that's okay. <laughs> All right, well, um, let's talk about a leadership culture then in an organization where, there's, where mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a bigger organization. And there are things happening in the external environment that impose changes. Uh, how, how can we build a leadership culture in a larger organization? And how can we sustain that leadership culture? What an absolutely brilliant question. Thank you. Um, this is the core work that I do, actually, in larger corporations, middle market and larger, in developing cultures of leadership. And it starts with just what we were talking, just what we've been talking about in our time together today. It starts with core values. What is the core, what are the core values of the organization? What is the vision of the organization? Who are the decision makers? This is where this becomes important because the executive teams of larger organizations, if they are living the core values and if they are walking their talk, modeling the way, as we say, um, and really inspiring shared vision with everyone else in the organization, you get buy-in. And there are following those values and the decisions that we make from the top of the organization throughout it vertically and horizontally, and people are being held accountable to that while being, um, while being exposed to self-development, leadership development. As I say, this is a learned skill. It's not something we're born with. We may have the propensity for it, being born with it, but we have to we have to learn it. So cultures of leadership are cultures of learning. They are they are cultures of knowing and living solid core values, making tough decisions based on those values, letting everybody else seeing it. When any one of us makes a mistake within that culture, we own it first. We raise our hand and step up and say, okay. I own this one. All right. This is what I learned. Not happening again. Move forward. It's um, it's camaraderie. It's trust. It's respect. It's listening. It goes back to a fundamental, and I know Peter talked about this with you in, in his time with you, that one of the fundamental cores of improvisation and of the theater, and that is yes and. Hmm. We, always, we always accept what the other person is saying, whether we agree with it or not, and say, Yes. And, and then you add to that. So you, you encourage conversation. It's, uh, oh, cultures of leadership love it when I see it. You have each other's back. You just know you have your team and your, your organization behind you. That if you falter, um, that if you, if you need a hand, you're going to have it. It's not, it's not being weak and it's not, not holding people accountable and feet to the fire, that's part of it too. Um, it's strength and courage, it's all of that. But it's learning, most of all, and creating a common language language within, within organizations of their leadership culture. Every culture is different by industry. Every industry has its own language, right? Leadership has its own language. So part of the work um, that I do is helping to develop that language of leadership within the existing language of the industry and the organization within which we are working so that they can all start to bring it on. And you pay it forward through all generations within the organization, all levels, all departments, everybody 
in a very methodical way. So everybody starts to, to understand, well, this is, this is who we are. This is our universe. This is what we do. Hmm. Yeah. I love and it. that this... goes right out. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, there's so many aspects to that and, and you've touched on so many there. And I think, um, you know, coming back and focusing on core values first and really nutting that out. I like the whole concept of, you know, the culture of leadership is culture, a culture of learning. Um, that's probably one of my really deep core values is, is learning, always learning and always curious about what's going on and why things are the way they are and why they're not the way they Right. I think they could be, and uh, one of my and and the language. The other the other one is language. The power of language is so great. One of the things I uh, got involved in a conversation on LinkedIn uh, the other day, and it was around the idea of negative speak and turning around negative speak. And I just added mm. the comment that I I love to use the word yet in those things so yet. somebody says well i don't know <laughs> you, well you don't know yet um, or i can't do that <laughs> or you can't do that yet <laughs> which yet. which kind of turns it around from a closed closed off you know don't give it to me because i can't do that to um well maybe i'll learn right i love that i love that it's an extension it's yes that's exactly <clears throat> right carry it forward you don't know it yet i love yeah. that it's good hmm Okay. Um, the, I guess the, the, what are some of the challenges you see in going into larger organizations and working with them on leadership culture? What, what do you, what do you see as the challenges there? And what, what do you see as the, the big things that are getting in the way of, of organizations really taking on this kind of role? Right. It, um, it, it's a leap. Um, and a leap of faith to some degree for some organizations. It depends a lot upon the the history of the organization, their cult, their existing culture right now, and how open they are to learning and to change and to evolution. I mean, that's key. I always say, you know, when, when I'm talking with folks about bringing leadership development into their organizations, what I'm always looking for is, do they really know what they're asking? <laughs> Do they really know what they want? Do they really know why they want to do this? Because this is this is a shift, right? It's usually a mind. It's a it's a change of mindset. It's a shift in mindset. It's a way of opening up to developing the organization and its success and sustainability from the inside out instead of the outside in. So some of the challenges are the mindset of the people that you're going to be working with. What is it? Do they have a notion that, yeah, this leadership stuff is just all that warm and fuzzy stuff. We don't need this. We just got to go sell. Well, okay, that's all right. So as, as the innovator coming in to the situation, as the developer, as the person who's going to help them, you need to say yes and to that one big time. Hmm. Say, yeah, well, okay, it, it's, it's warm and fuzzy and it's really, really hard. Are you up to the challenge? <laughs> so you got to learn how to speak the language of the people that you're working with or speaking to so that they can then open their minds to hear what you have to say in a way that they can hear it. Mm. Okay. So the challenges are, um, first of all, uh, finding, finding the, um, the openness, the thinking, the, the receptivity to what this is and explaining that in a way that can be understood in their language so that it makes sense to their business. This, this is what we see. There's, there's lots of research in different areas of leadership development that show us the impact and the effects of effective leadership development in organizations. And it all points to success, to you can go down the list of things. Um, the other challenges are um, developing a program and a process within an organization that uh, you can't take on a whole big corporation at once and go, poof, we're going to do leadership development. Hmm. You have to really think through the design and the structure of each individual organization that you're working with so that, so that you can work seamlessly within their organization 
because it's it's a stretch for them anyway to get over. Once they get there and they begin to understand this, then it just starts to flow. But until then, it needs to be, this is left brain strategy. You just have to design it in a way that you can reach as many people as possible over a particular period of time. I mean, I have, I have evergreen clients that just continue because they're large. So we're going through segments of the population within their culture. And as you are doing that, how are we, how are we disseminating the language of leadership to those who have not yet been personally touched by it in a program or a session or in any way like that? And so it's, you've got a lot of different things that are going on. So you have to take a look at the whole picture, break it down into a strategy and pieces and parts that can all be brought together as you move through the organization and developing it. Hmm. And of course, you have to look at, you have to know what their barriers to leadership are. If they, if they have blocks that are keeping them from developing their leaders or for even understanding what leadership is, those are, you need to address those as well. Hmm. One of the things, I mean, that's really interesting, the, the process you described there. One of the things that I always struggled with, even, even in the times when I was enjoying my corporate career, I always struggled with was this idea of, of the big corporations I was in not developing the younger generation or the next generation of leaders, not developing their people and giving them a pathway of learning leadership, a uh -huh. pathway of experiencing it. So as, as you say, the um, ability to try things out and make mistakes and learn from those mistakes and, and also not equipping them so that as, as older people left the company, that uh, there'd be somebody there to step up into those roles. Uh, what's, what's your take on that? How do you work with companies with that kind of, you know, that challenge? Because I, I still, I still see that as a weakness in in large companies. It is just because of their size and and the ability to get enough people, you know, feet on on the on the floors working with it. But I do work with companies in exactly that position, and I am right now actually. So what we do is that we have tiers. We build in tiers of leadership. So it's kind of like when you when you go to university or or college and you continue your academic studies, you go, you know, there's classes at 101, 201, 301, and so forth. So you're getting your high school diploma, your college bachelor's degree or an associate's degree, master's degree, PhDs, and so forth. And you structure the learning according to whether you are an individual contributor, supervisor, manager, you know, where are you in the hierarchy, in the formal hierarchy of the organization? What is your experience day to day? And we know that as we, as we go through organizations, we, we begin at an individual contributor level and we need to get the foundation. We need to get the building blocks in place because you, as you continue to grow through a traditional hierarchy of most companies, your, your abilities start shifting. You start out with very high technical ability, but as you grow in your position and you're dealing with more people, you have to increase these leadership skills and these people skills and the ability to lead others as well as yourself, or you won't be successful as you, as you continue to go through the hierarchy. So it's building a tiered approach. Simply put, you can start from the top and work your way through, or you can start from individual contributors and new young people coming in or young pe people young in their careers, whichever it may be, and work up through the organization. Uh, I've done both. And I've also started in the middle and radiated out. Hmm. Depends upon how the company is structured and how the leaders see it happening and having those conversations. And I've seen it work beautifully from starting at ground zero going up, starting at the executive team coming through, or starting in the middle and radiating out. It just depends. So you gear it towards those folks. You meet them where they are. And if you go in with the right tools, uh, of which I, I have many based on the work of so many brilliant people in the world in leadership uh, and some of the things that, that I've created too that help expedite that process so that you can have someone who's brand new in their career at big company, XYZ, and you can have the CEO up here and they are both learning the same fundamental leadership principles and applying it 
to their responsibilities. So they're learning the same language of leadership. They're learning how to use that, but it's very relevant to them in their responsibilities and where they are playing right now within the organization. Once that catches on, people are kind of like, well, how can I get some of that? I want to do some of that. Let me into that. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think the, um, you know, there's so much there that's valuable. And, and we talked earlier about marketing. There's a lot there that is analogous in a way to the marketing principles that I, I like to follow. And, and that's, you know, having that human connection, meeting people where they are, are at and, and then being tr- true to the core values. Absolutely. Those are the fundamentals. Hmm. Foundations. All right. Well, this is wonderful. Um, I could go on talking leadership for ages with you, Roxanne. But I'm so could I. You're gonna... looking at at the time, and uh, want to be respectful of your time. So I think it's a good point now to move on to the buzz, which is our innovation round, sure. and it's designed to help our audience who are primarily innovators and and leaders in their field with some tips from your experience. So I've got five questions. Hopefully, you'll give us some insightful answers that in that will inspire our listener to do something awesome today as a result. I'll try. (laughs) Fire away. (laughs) What do you think is the number one thing anyone needs to do to be more innovative? Keep your mind open. Don't Mm. get stuck in habits of thoughts, habits of doing, seeing things one way. If you're thinking about something the same way you've always thought about it, just assume that you can think about it a different way and figure out what it is. Innovation comes from opening your mind, looking at the world differently and seeing something. Be a MacGyver, you know, yeah. just do figure out something differently. You know, yeah. I don't have a raise, a raise up and down desk monitor thing. I use a basket and a lobster pot because <laughs> I saw it in my kitchen and I went, bam, that's how I can stand up and do my yeah. work. <laughs> yeah, Keep an that, open mind. That reminds me of a German saying we have, and it loses a lot in translation, but basically it says, you know, if you've got something you need to solve or or a need you need to address, then um, those people that aren't improvisers or aren't uh, resourceful are lost. Yes, right. Exactly. Always look for a different way to see it, a different way to do it. So do you ask, what sort of questions do you ask um, if, like I often find myself, okay, this is what I need to do and this is the way to do it. And sometimes I catch myself and, and think, well, why am I doing it that way? It's simply because <laughs> there's an instruction book somewhere or I've always done it that way or somebody else has always done it that way and I'm just watching that. Um, and, and I then sometimes ask, well, how else could I do it? Um, what, what kind of questions do you ask to kind of challenge that, you know, is this the best way to do it? Am I um, making an assumption here that's closing off possibilities? Mm-hmm. I would ask, um, what's the end result? How do you see this? What is it? Are you building something out of a manual? Is, is the picture what you're looking at? Is that what you want to achieve exactly what that looks like? Or is it something different? And is there, um, so, a lot of times the tools that, that we have or the things that we, we don't know how to use, we're not familiar with them. But I always look at the end result first and say, how can I get there from here? If I had no tools whatsoever in front of me, how would I build that? How would I make that happen? What would I need to do that with? And that starts your brain thinking about, okay, what's the alternative here? I don't have, an, I don't have a hammer. What can I use? Well, I don't know. I could find a rock. I can find, I got a lot of high heels in the closet that work just fine. I, I, I can speak to that. That's a simple example, mm. but it was just like, um, I'll just go back to the lobster pot and the bread basket. Uh, when we went into this pandemic, I tried three different uh, desks that go up and down. They were all too big. They were too heavy. They were too cumbersome. They didn't fit my workspace at all. Sent them all back. And I was sitting here one day going, I got to get this up because I stand when I do my group work virtually. Mm. And I thought, I just need something this high. What is that high? What is this high? So I started walking around my house looking for something that seemed to have that kind of height to it. And there on a shelf in the kitchen was this big bread basket I've had forever. And I thought, you know what? Turn that upside down, put a lobster pot on it upside down. 
you got yourself a monitor stand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. What else can you use? How else can you do it? And ask ask a kid to look at it. <laughs> Children have a way of thinking way outside of all the all the stuff that we get in there. Hmm. Yeah, that's right. They're unencumbered by uh, a lot of the restrictions that we've um, the filters acquired yeah. over the years. Yeah. True. Okay. Now, what's the best thing you've done to develop new ideas? Left my corporate career. <laughs> <laughs> uh, truly, uh, stepping out of such a structured environment of expectation uh, that was in, not in a line with, I didn't even know how creative I really was until, until I left there. So I would say the best thing I've done to develop new ideas is, is to um, get outside of the, the self-imposed and externally imposed restrictions on what I think is possible. So to think with limitless possibility, I know that sounds very broad and oversaid, but it's true. I listen and ask my clients, what do you need? What's missing? What aren't we doing? What can we do better? And then I think about how we can make that happen, usually through a story and how that story can develop a tool or a process that can help others learn more quickly. So I think, I think it's all of that. It's, it's listening, it's staying open, it's not being um, collapsed by expectations of others and perceptions of others instead going, wait a minute, wait a minute, I can do better than this. I can, I can be bigger, I can grow faster, I can, let me just do this. Because you have to be willing to take a risk as well when you do that. Yeah, that's right. And and certainly, you know, asking those questions, that's that's very powerful, but you've got to listen to the feedback and mm -hmm. you've got to synthesize that feedback and connect it back to ideas and core values, make sure exactly. what's in alignment and, and then set aside ego. We talked about ego earlier, set aside your ego to right. say, well, somebody's just told me that I can improve on what I'm doing. So I, uh, if ego gets in the way, then I'm not going to do it. <laughs> right, exactly. Hmm. All right. Uh, do you have a favorite resource you use most often? Apart from um, uh, I have a, I, yeah, red I baskets have a and lobster, lobster pots. <laughs> lobster pots. <laughs> and I still cook lobster in my lobster pot yeah. when I'm not using it on the monitor. <laughs> um, actually, yeah, um, I do. Probably not, not ordinary things. I have a mastermind group which is mm -hmm. a huge um, system for innovation, just throwing out every idea in the world and all of them are great. Uh, then you just pick the ones. Play. I like to play. I like to uh, make things up. I have uh, a group of friends in, uh, in the speaking organization that I belong with, uh, belong to, and we do this all of the time. We challenge each other to, uh, to, to play, to make up stories, to use our imagination, and bam, ideas come from that. That leads into improv. That's another system. It's a tool that I use. That and um, going into isolation for an hour or two or three, where you shut everything down, sit down with a blank piece of paper and one problem, stare at it until you start coming up with things that can make it go away or make it better or challenge it in some way. I've also created a system, and this is a, a, uh, an actual thing um, that's a, a pyramid structure that builds strategy and action steps to reach conclusions. And that's a very, very uh, interesting way to create innovation and ideas as you are going through a planning process and you can use it for anything. That's something I'm start. I'm developing this year as a new as a new product. Mm, love it. Okay, well, we'll have to keep our eye on that uh, pyramid tool, and um, yeah, the the idea of play and making up stories, improv. I mean, very clearly going back to your early early career. Absolutely. Yeah. There's such power in that. The creativity that comes out of that when mm. you just let yourself go in a trusted environment with great colleagues and friends, is you know. Have a blast and you'll be amazed. Keep a chart, you know, write it up, stick it on the wall, pull them down. It's, you'll get something out of it. It's amazing. Yeah. All right. Um, now, the best way to keep a client on track. You've got a leadership program. You're implementing that leadership program. How do you keep them on track? Uh, I, I talk to them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I stay in touch. You communicate, collaborate, mm -hmm. cooperate. 
you stay on them. I use the, the pyramid with them a lot because it gives checkpoints where we have things uh, that are very specifically uh, on the calendar. I meet with, I have calendars that I send out for one, one, once a month meetings to keep up with a lot of the people that I coach to make sure to hold them accountable, to keep them on time with things. And uh, it, that's the best way I know is to stay in touch with them, to set really concrete goals and dates and deadlines, and then follow up. It takes some management and a lot of energy, but boy, is it worth it when you see the results they're getting. Hmm. Yeah. And it fundamentally comes back to caring about their results. Like you said, Absolutely. So the, uh, communication, the power of communication. Mm -hmm. All right. And the number one thing anyone can do to differentiate themselves. I think that I'm just going to give you a real, real simple answer. <laughs> there's, there's only one of each of us hmm. in the entire universe, as far as we know. Just be that, and you're differentiated. Hmm. Be true to yourself. Be true. It goes right back to what we've been talking about. You're in the foundation of our conversation today is values. Know why you, why you do what you do. Know who you are, and, and don't hold back on that. Go be that person. Get your ego out of your way and just go Just go be this person and find the greatness in others and help them develop that and point it in a direction where their talents lie so that they're in their lane and walk. That's the brilliance. It's really pretty simple. Hmm. I know it sounds trite and redundant just for you. Yeah. Just do that. You're fine. Yeah. I love it. There's only one of us. Yeah. I, somebody once said to me, um, there's seven, I, th I think seven billion is still right. Maybe it's more uh, people in the world. And even if you're one in a thousand, which is kind of a, a saying, an old wives saying that we have, even if you're one in a thousand, that means there's only, uh, and my maths is going to let me down here, but there's only okay. 700,000 or 70,000 of, of you around. And uh, they're probably spread pretty thin around the world that's right that's right that's right <laughs> yeah. exactly yeah so that's a, a very analytical way of looking at it mm -hmm. hmm. all right love it so um thanks roxanne this has been fabulous now where can people find out more about you and the work you do and maybe even reach out and say thanks for what you've shared today oh i'd love that i'd love that and thank you again Jurgen, for having me the the best place to go to find out more about what i do is on my website and let me give you the name of my company and why it's hard to remember and spell because it means something. I created it. I made it up. The name of my company is Pro Laureate. The translation of that is Professional Champion. So the Laureate comes from the Laurel Leaves, ancient Greeks and crowning Laurel Leaves when you have achieved the highest level of expertise in a certain field, leadership. And it's Baccalaureate, Poet Laureate, Nobel Laureate. That's where that comes from. So that's the laureate piece. And the pro piece is I work with professionals. I work in business. So it's what we're doing here is developing professional champions. So it's P-R-O-L-A-U-R-E-A-T-E. -E. That's, that's the website, prolaureate.com. And my email is rkaufman, K-A-U, F as in Frank, M-A-N, at prolaureate.com. Wonderful. And we'll post links to that in the show notes so people don't have to Thanks, worry about writing down the spelling right now, particularly if you're driving in the car or while you're listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, Roxanne. That's great. Now, do you have some parting advice for our listener today? I do. I do have some parting advice, and it's based on the year that we've been through. We're coming up on this one year of a pandemic, which is just unbelievable, isn't it? Mm. And uh, first of all, take heart, folks. I, I think we're getting there. I don't know. I'm no expert. Nobody is, I don't think, but we're getting there. Um, here's, here's what I would say. Uh, what I have noticed in the last year, that we need to pay, pay very particular attention to the three most critical aspects of being human. And those three things are your mind. What are you thinking? What are you doing with your intellect? Are you reading uplifting things or are you watching too much news? <laughs> <laughs> Keep your mind engaged, both left brain and right brain, both, both in the analytical and the emotional side, so that you are nurturing your thoughts. And I don't mean this, you know, warm, fuzzy stuff. I mean, you know, get out there and explore your interests. Keep your brain active. And in the right ways with, with good information, knowledge, learning. 
The second part we need to pay attention to is our heart, our emotions. They are being impacted in ways that we are not even aware of because we've never been through a time like this before. It's causing anxiety and fear and stress and all kinds of different things at all different kinds of ages. So please pay attention to the second, that these are equally critical to all of us, your brain and your heart. And then finally, take care of this, this physical thing we get to walk around with in this manifestation of ourselves. Take care of this, move it around, uh, feed it nicely, <laughs> nurture it. Take care of your mind, your body, and your heart, your emotions, your thinking, your physical part of you, and 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 your emotions, your, your emotions, your brain, and your body. Pay attention every single day. And I will tell you, I've been sitting here, it's now 5.30 in the evening in Cleveland, Ohio, and I've been sitting here since 4 a.m., and I got to get up and take some of my own medicine now <laughs> and go take care of my brain, my heart, and my body. I got to go move it around. Mm. We all do it. If you take care of those three things and you keep them positively nurtured in the ways that are important to you, uh, you will not just survive this. You will not be on that list. You will be thriving and you will be finding new opportunity and new ways to move through the world. Hmm. Yeah, that's wonderful advice. And I, I like how you said, you know, we've never been through this before. I, in the early days of the pandemic, I had to laugh when you know in the first month or so there was all these uh there were all these people posting on social media or writing blog posts saying here's how you survive this pandemic you know 10 steps or what whatever it might be and i i, know. I, I thought to myself hmm that's i'm curious the last time i remember my history where we've gone through something like this was the spanish flu now i think that was 19 <laughs> 14 I can't remember the exact year but somewhere in there right and I thought right mm, you, you didn't strike me as being over 100 years old <laughs> exactly right I did the same thing I know how can you know Stop. yeah yeah so right. I think but I think there's a lot of great advice there particularly I mean for me it's like you know I can't control a pandemic um, but I can control how I respond to it and I can control how I look after myself um, so yeah, there's, that's really great advice, mind, body, and heart. Yeah, absolutely. Keep it to the fundamentals, yeah. core values, mind, body, heart. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. All right. Now, finally, Roxanne, who else should I get on this podcast and why? Well, you've already had Peter on the podcast, yeah. right? So, so we, he's, could yeah, he's... we could bring him back though. It was, what did I say? I think you should. 309. <laughs> yeah. And he's doing some, some incredible things. There are also um, some colleagues uh, within NSA, which is the National Speakers Association, um, that I think would be great. Uh, Dave Caperton is one of those fellows. He's one of our board members at NSA, and he has a great story to tell. Um, so I would say start there. All right. I well, think those, those two fellows would be wonderful. We'll reach out to Peter and see what we can do about bringing him back on and also um, get an intro to Dave from you. Mm. Yeah, Dave Caperton. Yeah, yeah, it'd be great. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for sharing your time and your insights so generously today, Roxanne. I've really enjoyed this, learnt, learnt a lot about some of the fundamentals and, of course, reminded about the focus on core values and and really getting it down to one core value. That's a, that's a challenge for me that's too. So I might have I to know, sit down and make some quiet time for myself today and uh, think about that some more. <laughs> All right. Jürgen, thank you so much. This has just been a delight. I appreciate the time and, and the conversation. Thank you. Thanks again, Roxanne, and all the best for the future. And let's stay in touch. Let's. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that really engaging and, and informative, valuable conversation with Roxanne and took something away from what she shared today. Roxanne's caring and compassionate leadership shone through in our discussion, and I love how she focused in on that one core value that is of critical importance for you. I'm really curious to know what you took away from Roxanne's episode, and I want you to tell me by leaving a comment below the blog post, which you can find at innovabiz.co forward slash Roxanne K-E, that is R-O-X. A-N-N-E-K-E, all lowercase, all one word, innovabiz.co forward slash Roxanne K-E. 
You'll also find contact information there for getting in touch with Roxanne, as well as links to the Pro Laureate website, her LinkedIn profile, and the other resources we spoke about in our conversation today. Now, if you liked this conversation and got value from it, please share it with two other people, at least two other people, that it might help that will also get value from it. And tag me in on that share so that I can reach out to you with a special thank you gift. Roxanne suggested that we have a conversation with author and keynote speaker Dave Caperton, as well as bringing back Peter Margaritas from episode 309 on a future Anova Buzz podcast episode. So Dave and Peter, keep an eye on your inboxes for an invitation from us to the Anova Buzz podcast courtesy of Roxanne Kaufman Elliott. Tune in to the next episodes of the Anova Buzz podcast where we've got yet more fantastic guests lined up, including Jamie Watson, Chair and Director of the Common Mission Project and Co-Founder of Online Business Accelerator, Jonathan Callanan. Thanks for listening to this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show to be reminded of new episodes. It's free to subscribe. Leave a review if you like. Even if you don't like me, I'm okay with that. I'm asking you to leave a review because it helps other people find this show. Go to innovabiz.co to join our marketing transformation community and access a free gift my team and I made for you. It's the Marketing Master Mini Class. We want to give you everything you need to transform your marketing into a human-centered, relationship-focused growth engine. Until next time, I'm Jürgen Strauss from InnovaBiz. Remember, be awesome and keep innovating.